All right, everybody. Hello. Welcome back. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whatever time you're listening. But once again, it's time for the Chi and Khalil show. We're here. Um, and Chasar wanted to let everybody know. No, I didn't want to let nobody know nothing. It's all right. No, no, and no. Greatly no, I did not. Life. <laughs> so she is back to living the dream of her younger <laughs> years and not worrying about old people problems. She's doing a lot better. So it's just let story. you know that she's getting she's getting her avocados in. The real avocados, the Haas ones. Nothing nothing Caribbean. So So let me tell you, number one is vegan. Number two, that Haas avocado versus Caribbean avocado is real because the Caribbean mm-hmm. avocados are the same as the West African avocados and they are way better than this Haas telling out. you at home foods, talking about so- Hot avocados come with that flavor, like fire. No, like no, the Caribbean no. avocados taste like you're eating water. Like it's no, just like no, water. With- okay, then then take it back to the continent. Let's cross the Atlantic Ocean, get to West Africa, go in front of my uncle's house where he's got an entire pear tree because they call them pears as opposed to avocados, mm-hmm. and grab one of those legit the best avocados on the planet. I do not know what they are selling. <laughs> These Haas things that they call maybe they're GMO no. or whatever. Those no, avocados so, are. So I'm gonna have to look at where the avocado originated because I think it probably originated out here in Mexico. I'm not sure they might have had them out there in Africa too, but I know like the Mexican Haas avocado that's grown out here in these deserts out here, straight fire. If you were talking about like flavor density, if you're gonna make you some guacamole, yeah. Like if you make it with a no. Caribbean avocado, you might as well just be eating water. But anyways, See, we are no, way off topic. I, I, we are way off topic right now. And, you know, she's not a natural-born Californian. She she immigrated here from that other state that lost to Oklahoma last week. But anyways, we're not not even going to that because Texas folks get mad when you talk about how Oklahoma and Texas are basically the same state, except Oklahoma has better football than people. They are basically the same state. Yeah, see, there's going to get a whole lot of hate mail, a whole lot of hate mail right now. Worse than when we told people not to hit their kids. Like, worse than that. Nothing can be worse than that. I'm still catching heat. Oh, <laughs> I got I folks that won't talk to me. <laughs> oh, like, one, of my men- one of my mentors from med school is like, heated with me. Like, real mad. <laughs> like, so mad. Like, That's not where it originated from. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Dr. Sanders? Give me a shout out in case you're listening again. Since you're not speaking. I don't really know since you're not speaking to me no more. But. Right. <laughs> It's what it is, yo. Oh, God. Anyway. All right. Nice short intro. But anyway, so we're going to get to the current issues. But first, we're going to go ahead and do BLM before it's BLM so we don't miss it this time. And yeah, and we gave your boy Dubois. We're going to give him a pass right now because um, I realized that we should be talking about Shirley Chisholm, um, born you. Shirley St. Hill, um, for a lot of reasons. Um, since Kamala might become the first black female president soon. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to go ahead and talk about the first African-American woman to run for presidency in the United States. And that's going to be Shirley Chisholm. All right. So I don't know how I did this, but all my heroes ended up like being Caribbean immigrants that lived in New York, but whatever. So she's actually the daughter of immigrants. She was actually born here in the United States. That's of course mm-hmm. How she's a natural born citizen able to run right. Congress. But anyways, she was born ni- back in 1924. Um, her pops uh, came from uh, Guyana, and her mom's from Barbados. You know, they met in New York, out in Brooklyn, 
and you know held down one time for the west side or i guess for the east side and went ahead had some kids shirley chisholm was one of them so in the 60s so after she went um she grew up in brooklyn went to brooklyn college she worked as a nursery school teacher for a while she went ahead and got a master's in childhood education um and then in 64 she joined the naacp and then she ran for the new york state legislature and she was the first african-american woman to be nominated to the New York State Legislature. So after she did one term there, she was very popular. And in 68, Fighting Shirley, which was her campaign slogan at the time, uh, went around Bed-Stuy in the back of a pickup truck with a loudspeaker um, yelling at people <laughs> to get out and vote. And her main thing you know, was- It sounds like yelling to y'all West Coast folk, <laughs> but that's legit life in she's New York. <laughs> projecting her voice with the exactly. microphone. And her main thing was, is like, you should vote for someone who lives here. Um, the previous representative didn't actually live in Bed-Stuy. Um, mm. and, and then also, in addition to that, she spoke Spanish. So when she was in the Latin hood, she actually spoke Spanish. To wow, yeah. nice. So, so she kind of like you. Yeah, well, except she did a lot more. But, you know, it's, I'm still young-ish. I have some hair. There's a chance. But, you know, so in Congress, she represented, you know, Bed-Stuy, won the election in 68. She introduced over 50 pieces of legislation. She founded um, or was co-founder of several different political organizations, one being the National Women's Political Caucus in 1971. Um, she was also founding member of the Congressional Black Caucus. Really? Wow. Yeah. But being black and a woman, mm -hmm. she had what B.B. King called, like, it's like being black twice. So mm -hmm. she had to deal with racism and she also had to deal with sexism. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't necessarily welcomed with open arms by the black male legislatures that were in Congress, nor any of the female white legislatures. So... She was in the, and she was still just like, yo, this is me. I'm here. You're going to have to deal with me. Mm -hmm. They try to put her on like BS committees. So when you're in the Congress, you get assigned certain committees to work on certain problems. So they assigned her to an agricultural committee. So she's like, yeah, you know, we're growing all this corn out here in Bed-Stuy. That's appropriate. Right. Um, and demanded to be put on an actual committee that actually had some teeth. Um, and she did it because... She's like, this is who I am. I'm fighting Shirley Chisholm. I'm not taking this nonsense from none of y'all. Mm -hmm. So in 72, she went ahead and ran um, for the Democratic presidential nomination. Once again, she's getting hate from all sides. So they didn't allow her to be on the debates. And even not even being allowed to be on the debate, she's still pulling in 10% of the candidates every, wow. every time. She had to sue in court because she's fighting Shirley Chisholm mm -hmm. um, and she is unbought and unbossed, which was the title of her, her slow, her presidential campaign slogan and also title of a book that she, she wrote, which I need to go ahead and get and read and we should all do it. But anyways. Wait, unbought and unbossed is her? Yeah. That's where Ain't it came that from. that's something. Oh right. my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mind blown. Excellent. So when she announced her bid, her bid, it was and in her speech, she says, I am not the candidate of black America, although I am black and proud. I am not the candidate of the women's movement of the country, although I am a woman and I'm equally proud of that. I'm the mm. candidate of the people and my presence before you now symbolizes a new era in American political history. 
bam, like so much fire saying like, I am all these things and I'm proud, but number one, I'm an American and be recognized as an American. And you're going to have to mm. deal with the presence of people like me because we are American and this is our country just as much as the rest of y'all. Yeah. All right. So she did sue. Um, she wasn't allowed to actually debate anyone else because she probably would have made them cry. Um, but they did allow her to give her a speech <laughs> on stage, <laughs> which is all kinds of weird, but whatever. So she did that. And then eventually she ended up dropping out after about 12. But it was a really important moment for every woman who subsequently has run and every black person has subsequently run because it no longer became a super novel idea. Someone had already done it. She actually, with very little funding, support, et cetera, still got a large, a, a significant amount of votes um, in, the, in the presidential primaries showing that a very good candidate, no matter what you look like or whatever um, marginalized group you come from, can actually be a viable candidate for the presidency. Look at that. Like she had to, I mean, somebody had to break the barrier. Somebody had to to give us the idea or show us that it, it is possible. Even if right. you don't get to that, you know, finish line in the way that you wanted, the fact that you could be at the starting blocks and like say, I'm in this race. Yeah. That's, wow. Right. Wow. So- I'm loving that immigrant mentality though. Like first gen mentality. Let me let me let me let me rephrase. Cause a little bit of it is the immigrant mentality that her parents came with. But it's just like, okay, we're gonna do this. We're just we're not, we're not gonna stop. It just makes me think of Hamilton. I know, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So um back to while she was running. So the NAACP didn't endorse her. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so Wait, how did they not why? So Julian Bond, who, whatever, <laughs> instead of saying that they should Clearly get behind you do her. not like him for this, but okay. We have different, I have a lot of different opinions than, than Julian Bond. Yeah. On several things. Like he's yeah. done a lot of things, but he's, he's made some interesting decisions like this one. So mm-hmm. he said that instead of choosing a black candidate, that's never going to win the, the actual like election. Mm-hmm that they had to pick a favorite son. And he specifically chose the word son to exclude wow. Charlie Chisholm. Wow. To say if we all put our our votes behind this one person, they'll have to listen to us because they're going to need us to get elected. Hmm. That's crazy. Right. So just like now, it kind of segues into some of the things we're talking about now with a lot of folks trying to do some interesting things for political powers that... A lot of us don't agree with. <laughs> no, anyway. expl- explain. No, go into it because I, I think the the parallel is important. So, O'Shea Jackson. Oh God. Yeah. I didn't mean like I didn't mean go there. <laughs> but okay, go there. Your boy Ice Cube, <gasps> who back in the day said, "I'll never have dinner with the president. I'll never have dinner with the president. I'll never have dinner evolve. with the president." He's allowed to evolve. He is, but still, <laughs> but still. But still. Decided to make a contract with Black America and decided that since Donald Trump claimed he would listen to him, that he was giving it to Donald Trump. So there is an issue. There's a valid issue that the Democrats right now Mm -hmm. know that all they have to do is be less racist than Donald Trump Mm -hmm. for us to support their candidate, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Right. So it's extremely low bar. Mm-hmm. 
and it does create frustration because we don't have as much influence as we could have when that is the bar to be less racist than Donald Trump. Donald Trump, right. who is calling for us to be actively murdered in the streets for protesting police, police violence. So right. all you which, have to do... Which hmm? I, I was just going to say, which actually is sort of what we've had to do for over a century, right? Or at least right. since we were able to start voting, per se, right. um, before the driven voting again. came in. Voting again. Voting again, exactly. That like... On some level, you're always choosing the candidate that's less racist, hoping then to appeal to their humanity or morality to bring us to a place of that more perfect union. This is just a very obvious less racist choice, you know? Well, the, the good that's thing very is, though, right now, to become the Democratic nominee, you have to get the Black vote in the South. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Because... Yeah. African-Americans are actually our significant chunk of the Democratic voting bloc in the South. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to be able to. This is why Bernie Sanders never could win, is that yeah. he could never appeal to black voters in the South. For whatever reason, mm -hmm. he had no, no appeal for them. Yeah. Um, so we do have a significant amount of political power in nominating the Democratic president at this time. So back to your boy, O'Shea. So... <laughs> The issue is every time a black entertainer, because he doesn't actually associate with black politicians or anyone else, anytime a black entertainer goes to Donald Trump and takes the picture, you're just adding to this fake validity of, oh, well, you know, I'm not the racist one. Look at all these things I'm doing for the colored people. Mind you, he's calling for protesters to be actively killed and murdered in the street. Yeah. So it's a joke to act like, Donald Trump is doing anything but making white America more comfortable voting for his racism because he knows he's not actually going to get the black vote. Like when he comes out and says things for reasons that he's good for black people, they're all insulting to actual black people. But what it does is it goes with this theory of racism doesn't exist in America. Trump's not racist. So it's OK for white people to vote for him because black people just don't know what it's good for them. So that's the problem with going with this contract. Like, yeah, the contract may be great, but do you really think Donald Trump's going to actually fulfill any of those things? Like Absolutely any. not. Exactly. So we, just, should, we should yeah, know that by now. It's just a joke. And it's, it's kind of embarrassing. So it's one of these things where Ice Cube is recognizing a problem that the Democrats only have to be less racist than Republicans, but he's not actually solving that problem. I, I hear you. I, I just, I remember what, um, oh, was it he who said it? Um, um, Ice Cube or somebody else. It might've been Jason Johnson. I'm not sure, but uh, with the griot, but that apparently Ice Cube had spoken to both the Democratic candidates and the Republican candidates. And, um, and that what got out in the news was what he had said to, to Trump, but not what he had said to the Democrats. Do you know anything about that? Like, so, I'd have to read up on it more, but it was just like, oh, so we're just getting a skewed version of this whole story and getting bothered <laughs> and bossed about by, by skewed media. So what I, what I heard from mm -hmm. what he said, from what I read about what he said, um, mm -hmm. was that the Democrats said they'll talk to him after the election. So, oh. 
So it's similar to the, like the nonsense that Kanye said was like, well, Obama never actually let me come and have a meeting with him. So I'm going to come and talk to Trump. It's like, well, what were you actually going to say? Like the president of the United States doesn't have to listen to every single entertainer and you can be upset. Yeah. You can have a plan, but also Kanye's never had a real plan, right? He has like this little thing in his mind that he has all these things, but he never actually came yeah. with a real plan. And kind of like Trump. Mm. Right. But the thing is, like when Common actually came to President Trump and actually said, Hey, I want these things, so I have a several plan or whatever, he he does listen to entertainers and bring people in who actually are serious and have real plans. Kanye's just ego was hurt because mm-hmm. he thinks he's more special than he is. And a lot of us do that. It's, it happens. And I don't think that. O'Shea's reaction was definitely like his ego. I think he actually is trying to do something. I just don't think it's helpful. Yeah. And not with 18, less than 18 days before this election. Like it just, it's just more, it's more distraction. It's more, not, not through, not necessarily his fault, but in the way it's being portrayed and, and like, you know, given, conveyed to all of us, it's just distraction. I, I don't know, maybe I'm being too simplistic, but I would just love I might be, it's because I think there are many of us who are sort of visionaries and just want us to get to the next step and worry about the details once we get to that next step. I just want on November 3rd, when we end this election period, to have said Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to be in the White House come January 20th, 12.01 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right? Um, 2021 so that we can then move to the next thing. But all these like sort of little distractions, they're news. It's like, oh my gosh, the media gets like, oh, there's another morsel. There's another morsel. Let's put it out there. And all that does is distract from the main goal, which is to vote D, vote blue, all the way down your ballot. Make sure you understand who your judges are that you're voting in. And then let us, let us be in equal footing, sure footing, strong footing for the next step. But all this stuff is just is just is just chatter. I'm not saying it's not important, but we got less than two weeks, y'all. What is the number one thing we need to do for our democracy right now is vote. Vote so that there is no question who has won this election. Ooh, I rhymed. I should be a rapper. Hmm. <laughs> I did. Are you gonna, did you say are you gonna make your you gonna make your video at Yosemite and the beach? <laughs> That was straight up Cali right there. That was so no Cal. That was so we'll see I was like, of course some rappers be at the beach. Of course. See, this is the problem, yo. I didn't have cable back then, so I had never seen that video before. Like, knew, I might I knew the song. I knew the song since forever. That right. was the first time I saw the video a couple weeks ago. It to me. Yeah, I was in a lift the other day, and I was just mm-hmm. jibber-jabbing with the dude. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm old. He's like, Baba, you're not old. He's like, what are you, like, 24? Yo, I was on the floor. I was like, man, I guess it's dark. You can't see all the gray hairs in my head and the bald spot on the top, but I'll no, take it. Don't let me go outside with a backpack. Folks be thinking I'm like an undergrad or like in my first year of grad school. And I'm like, there's no, no, that's not what this is. That's Sorry. Right. <laughs> I'm not going back. Sorry. <laughs> but anyways, anyway. right. we're talking about how beautiful we are. Yes, of course, of course, of course, celebrate yourself. That is my motto, celebrate yourself. Because if nobody else does, you better know how to. (laughs) Oh, so more more publications are, who don't actually participate in politics are supporting Joe Biden. Like it's not really. Wait, who's supporting Joe Biden? 
Nature, more publications like Nature magazine. Oh yeah, Nature. Oh yeah. yes, yes. It's because it's, it, and this is the kind of thing we need. It's basically just saying basic things like, "This is an embarrassment." There's, <laughs> there's no kind of understanding of any basic concepts. Totally ignoring the experts and are yep. there's going to be serious consequences and continue to be serious consequences. If we don't fix them. Yeah. End of story. Like this should, this should be a no brainer. And I'm really, I'm really happy for this scientific community and in the expression of science magazine and nature magazine for saying what clearly everybody else should have been saying from jump. Okay. Right. So I'm still going to talk about Dr. Fauci who is the preeminent infectious disease doctor in the United States, who, sorry to say it, but I felt was more political for too long than he was scientific. Like, I know that it's the president of the United States, but come on, science, you don't need a science degree to know that he's, mm -mm, no, that the president just does not know what he's talking about. He can't even, he still can't talk about about his, his illness in a straightforward way. He can't say whether he got, tested or not you remember when you got tested that thing going up your nose which i've been tested multiple times because you know new york city you remember that i can tell you the day and time right you remember that how can you not remember it on a significant day like well this is the thing donald trump is so bold with his lies that he doesn't bother to think about them that's 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 pathological bro but that's the thing like he doesn't same thing with mike pence like when he walked around the mayo clinic hospital without a mask the response he gave was like i wanted to look people in the eye <laughs> right so he didn't actually address the issue and i still yeah. don't under like i can't comprehend why republicans are still running with this like anti-mask shenanigans yeah. like the economy will open up sooner if everyone wears a mask nope nope somehow the mask has become a political statement and that is, that, that is, oh, I, I, there's no word for that sort of transformation. It's diabolical that the thing that can help you live has now become something political. It shouldn't be political. It should just be human. A part of your, part of your arsenal, your, your, your bag of tools to help you survive in this world. Wear a mask. No, all of a sudden wearing a mask is unpatriotic. Wearing a mask is, is, is violating your civil rights. What? It's being afraid. That's right. That's right. That's what it is. It's being afraid. No, I mean, that's what they're saying. Like, yeah, you wear a mask because you're scared. I'm not going to teach my kids to be afraid. Yeah. Like, no, it's, you're right. It's, but but that, that's, a, that's a false fear. 100%. That's a false fear. Well, that is the same fear that drives racism. Well, it's not, even, it's not even like fear of getting it. Like, I just want the country back open again. Like, I want the pandemic controlled. Yep. So I wear a mask every time I go places. Like yep. it's, it's not really that hard. Right. And mind you, like I still do things. You can still go outside, but like yep. the number one thing you could do to prevent it from going from person to person to person is if everyone wore a mask. Like mm. we all wear shoes when we go outside, we'll have to put a shirt on. Like it's no shoes, no shirt, no mask. Like we got draws on too. Like we have to wear things for, to be in public in general. This is yeah. just one more thing. Right. Social norms. Social and not that I agree with all the social norms because how come guys can walk around with no shirts on and we can't? But that's a whole nother story. But everybody should be wearing masks. Don't say nothing, Khalil. But everybody. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs>
Everybody should be wearing a mask, like just for the for the sake of humanity, just wear an effing mask. That's all you need. That's all you need. There's um just as we were talking, somebody had said something about Mr. O'Shea about um you know his his approach to going to Trump, and the person agreed with Biden. Basically, outlined that Biden himself was like, I agree with the majority of your plan. I just let's not make any promises until I actually get elected, which I think is a smart move. That's like what we were saying. It's like, okay, so you talk to one person and they're like, okay, wait till after the election. And then the other person's like, oh, we want to hear it. That doesn't mean that the person who wants to hear it is really interested. Well, Trump doesn't want to hear it. He wants it announced. Exactly. Exactly. Because he understands American mentality. America is all about the, the, the superficial um, pizzazz, pizzazz and whatnot. He's, he knows that we're all about headlines and don't read the story. So if he can get the headline that Ice Cube met with Donald Trump and Donald Trump listened, oh, that sounds like he's with the black community. And so all of the, the, the black men who might see that and say, oh, maybe I should pay attention to Trump more, or maybe that gives them more of a reason to be confident in their vote for Trump. I worry about, I'm like, on what planet do you think this this embodiment of racist, sexist, misogynistic stupidity can be for you on what planet? Bruh, you got to tell me because it's not in this universe and it's certainly not in this galaxy. And the other thing about it is in actual Joe Biden's actual platform, because Joe Biden actually has a platform. The Democratic yes, Party actually has a platform yes. this year. A lot of the things that Cube wanted are actually in their platform. So it's not exactly the same, but it's addressing right. the same issues, putting money in places to, for black empowerment, for financial empowerment, educational empowerment, right. et cetera, et cetera. They're already in his plan. So to say like, hey, let's go ahead and coalesce these two things after the election and get a final plan is totally reasonable. Yes. And it's not saying that you're blowing off all the African-American voters. Right. It's yeah it's no, it's that's legit it it's like it's not look trump has never had a plan he's never gonna have a plan for anything but himself and maybe his children but for the rest of america the 330 something let's call it 340 million americans out there yeah minus his own people he don't care All he and wants that's to- not that's not even political that's just fact he yeah. does not care all he cares about is making his supporters be afraid of the rest of America. Yeah. They can plot to kidnap two governors, the governor of Michigan and the governor of Virginia. Jeez. I mean, that should tell you something. And when Trump found out about it, his response was to criticize the governor of Michigan. That's just to criticize them and then deny uh, during his his (laughs) one-on-one debate (laughs) with Susanna Guthrie, deny that. Deny that QAnon, ex- that he knows what QAnon is, which I thought was laughable because in the very same section or segment, he said, well, they're the ones who are anti-pedophilia. <laughs> I can't pedophilia. even Pedophilia. Right? I'm like, oh, so then you do know something. He was like, yeah, I'm totally against pedophilia. Bruh. Uh, Bruh no, no, everybody can see for you. Except he's not. Um, he's, well, whatever. He's an active participant in it. But okay, I, no, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Man, you made me forget what I was talking about. Was okay, so then let me just let me just bring in some good news, some levity into this discussion. Okay. Guess who won the NBA bubble championship? What? Guess who what won that? the NBA bubble championship? What? Lakers! Lakers! <laughs> Wait, do they have a season? Doesn't the championship end in like June, July? No. Bro, what, what planet are you on right now? No. Stop denying the obvious. The Lakers won the NBA bubble championship. Yes, what is, a, what is a bubble championship? Is that like well, an asterisk? Is that a, a real championship? <laughs> and no one, so you're saying no one cared about it? No one watched it? No. Everybody watched it, bruh. Especially in California. Look, we have had a, a hard year. All of us have, really. But it started with the death of Kobe Bryant, like I said, his daughter and their friends. And then we brought the championship home. Oh, I'm in. Yeah, because my boy Dudu works for the industry, and he said ain't nobody watching the NBA. Because it's over now. <laughs> this was before. This was before. No, no, it's over now. It's been over for a week. But we, we rejoiced in that week. Okay. Oh, and speaking of pop culture, <clears throat> because I, I definitely, look, we had a back and forth with this offline. We are going to bring it online. Jaden and Willow Smith. Your peoples. Yes, very much my peoples, the Smiths. Yes, I love them. I love you guys. Jada, Will, if you're listening, hello. Hi. <laughs> Good to talk to you again. No, for real though, but like this backlash on Jada, Jaden and Willow, just because they said like the black community wasn't embracing them, they got receipts, bruh. So time they out. weren't being embraced. I know that they're yeah. millionaire kids, time out. but they were different. Time out. This has to be the most like privileged, whining, complaining They're not whining. Ever. They're not complaining. So, they're just right. stating facts. So number one, I hate being hypercritical of black communities, right? So mm, black communities- But you don't do it anyway. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm defending the black community, right? Uh -huh, so uh -huh. number one, I'm not saying that they're rejecting them. So we'll go over the story that they black the black community rejected them or whatever, didn't okay. embrace them, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, they're saying, we have this totally separate life from you. We grew up really sheltered, got to be super artistic. Everything we did, we got encouraged by our parents. We were supported no matter what we wanted to do. And we're this really alternate universe kind of people and regular average black and brown people aren't accepting us, right? And that may be true because that's mm -hmm. what groups of people do. Like if you're different, you are different. Kamala Harris, mm -hmm. who is highly educated, has been a district attorney, a prosecutor, doing all the white people, white American things ever, is not accepted by white America no matter what she does. So right. just because of who her parents were with no actual respect to who she is, she's yeah. still not accepted. So if you're going to criticize someone, criticize white America for not even accepting the people that actually, what do you call that when you just do a, um, doing yourself, no, you're no, just no. being you. When you act like the majority, when you change yourself to be the majority or whatever. Um, Code switch. No. Um, oh. what you mean? Um, Uncle Tom, what? I don't no, know. it's just a regular word. I can't think of the word. It's a regular word. <laughs> but when you when you when you submit, I, not submit, like you kind of like you're integrating. Yes. Oh, you mean um, assimilate? Yeah, right. So Kamala Harris, <laughs> oh, her education, her political career, totally assimilated into white culture, and they still don't accept her. So. I don't really have any sympathy for people trying to act like black people are bad or different 
when you're going out of your way to not be like the average black person. And then all of a sudden they're supposed to accept you. And then also I don't see Jaden and Willow going in the hood and going and hugging regular black people in the street. So to act like it's a one way street is different. Like Mm -hmm. you separated yourself from the average person and it's great. Like Will and Jada Smith made their kids childhood, something that all of us wish we could. They were, they had great education. They were supported no matter whatever they did. They were told that they were going to be loved no matter what they, what they did. So Mm -hmm. they are very different than people who like say, Jaden, when he wore his skirt and he's all butthurt, mm-hmm. that I'm like some people. And mind you, they have different issues because they get they have millions of people watching them and criticizing them, et cetera. And it's something that they have to deal with. And that's that is a thing. Right. But, exactly but my wait, point. Time out, Chi, time out. That's not the same as the teenage kid in Crenshaw boy who wants to wear a skirt, who has to deal with violence walking home because of what he's wearing. Right. So saying that though. everyone, if you're going to be different than the average person, then yeah, you're going out of your way to separate yourself. You can't really be upset with other people for you separating yourself from their culture. Yeah. See, okay. Let, when, let, all, let, when you actually don't have any repercussions, but you still have safety, you have security, you still have your friends, you still have your circle. It doesn't feel that way though. Okay, because to your last point about you still have security and safety, teenagers, especially in this day and age of like having phones and images, like just blasting them all the time, it's not going to feel safe and secure, even if you're with your family and they love you and they embrace your differences and how you want to express yourself to the world. They still see and feel the world differently than we did because that same kid in Crenshaw, like, you know, b- back when we were growing up, didn't have a cell phone and whatnot. They just had the people right there, right, who were talking about them. And that that's bad enough. But then have, you know, everybody who is like sort of watching and looking at you and having opinions, you can be the most independent, autonomous person in the world and still feel just the, the the negative rush of people always commenting and saying things about you and whatnot. So they're, they're saying that they were shunned is not opinion. That is how they felt. And that should be respected. I know that people are like, they're in a different echelon, that their experience of wearing, Jaden's experience of wearing a skirt is going to be very different from the, the young boy in Crenshaw doing that in terms of proximity that Jaden can run back to his house maybe and not have to deal with all the people outside except for online. But homeboy in Crenshaw might not be able to walk down the street. He might be dead. Yes. Okay. We get it. But that's still still the same pain. It's coming from the same place of being not accepted. And so so when my take on this, Jaden and, and Willow, is that they were simply saying they weren't accepted or embraced by the the black community. That is how they felt. And they have receipts for it because people were talking about them and still going to talk about it. But the thing is that certain people will talk about you regardless, but I still don't think it's an accurate statement to say that they weren't embraced by the black community. Like they still received a lot of support from the black community in their, in their artistry, et cetera, because of who their parents were and the things that they were doing. And yeah, like some people might've said like, Hey, Jaden looks really weird wearing a skirt, but also mm-hmm. if you go out of your way to be different, people are going to say like, Hey, you're different. Yeah. But I don't think, and that's the other thing I wanted to say. I don't, 
they're not going out of their way to be different. That's just, they are just, the way that they express themselves does not fit into the strictest normative social form well, that because, we have. It's because they, they never were subject to the regular social norms and pressures as the rest of us were. They didn't go to public school with hundreds and thousands of kids who, if you were going to be different, you were told that from the time you were a little kid. Right. So when Jaden and Willow were being different, they were with their other millionaire kids in their private schools where everyone was allowed to express themselves however they wanted. And there wasn't really or if they went to homeschool, I don't really know. But there wasn't the same kind of social pressure that's on other people on a regular basis right. to be like everyone else. Right. And so them as teenagers now getting into late teens and, and whatever, I don't know how old um, Jaden is. Will will look at it and feel like oh the whole world is against me. Same age as Austin, his mom's boyfriend. Okay, yeah. Oh God, yeah, that's that's a whole another story. But but to 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 have that teenage angst and I'm and I I can't um I can't dismiss or underestimate that you are going to see the African community, African American community as a as as a monolith. You're just you're going to describe it and say yeah we weren't embraced the way maybe. I mean, cool, I'm just going to throw out some names. Blue Ivy, although Blue Ivy is not embraced because people want to talk about her or her and say all this stupid stuff that you just shouldn't say to kids. And I think that's what they're getting at. It's like, why? what's wrong with us? We are the same black as you. We may express ourselves differently, but we're the same black as you. But there's and still that's, black the, that's the bigger thing for me. I mean, there's black people to support him. I mean, if, if you think about it, like even like LeBron James, like mm-hmm. not all black people support him. Right. No, there's no. not black people. Black community isn't a monolith. I don't think overall the black community didn't accept them because they have a lot of black fans. Like there's a lot of black culture. Like people get oh, excited yeah. about the Smiths. Yeah. Like they are. They might not be totally 100 percent accepted, but mm-hmm. that's that's an unrealistic expectation of For them their to, expect but again, teenagers. universal love. I mean, again, teenagers. I mean, Barack Obama isn't embraced by every single black person. There's black people who dislike Barack Obama, mm-hmm. but it's not that the black community rejects him. There is a small amount of critics or small legion of critics. And I think that's the same thing with them. They're only listening to the critics and ignoring the millions and millions of black, black people and the people in the black community that support them overall. And pro- probably, but that's what teenagers do. All, I, all I'm saying is- Are they still they, even teenagers? I don't um, think let, I don't let, think James a teenager anymore. Well, okay, okay, that's true. But what they were talking about was in the past. They felt like they were being shunned a little bit. Okay, in the in the past, well, maybe more right. now and, it's a little bit better. And but also, were, like, I, like I said, I don't want to be I don't want, like it when the black community is hypercritical because it's not like white people were going out of their way to embrace them. Yeah. So they right. should have just said America wasn't embracing them. Don't put it all on black community acting like we're worse than anyone else. Like we're people. The community says we're family. The community we do, says we're community. But I think the overall community, the black community embraces them. And yeah, they have some detractors and that's just what it is. That's just life. Like there's going to be people that don't like you. And it's not because people are black that they don't like you. It's because you're different than them and you're you're making yourself different from them and it's 
I think it's a one kind of rejection. You just are. You're just different. I mean, but I I hear what you're saying. I, I I'm I'm listening. I'm doing a better job of listening. <laughs> all all I want to all I want to say is that okay, this was this is in their preteen teen years that they're feeling right. this, and in right. that context. You want to be embraced by your family, but also right. exercise your independence and autonomy. You know this. You know the stages of development. I know, but I mean, and also I can empathize with them. Like I had a similar thing. Like I wasn't popular in high school. Mm-hmm. I was ostracized. I wasn't black enough. Right. And I used to think it was because I was multiracial. But then when I actually think about it, I was just awkward because mm-hmm. there were other biracial people in my high school that were totally embraced by the black community right. and didn't have a problem. I was just an awkward teenager. And that's just what it is. But and you and you want to find your tribe and those people who are going to embrace you. Right. And you might talk about it like, well, my my high school didn't really accept me or the folks my peers didn't really accept me. It's not to say that, you know, you're dismiss you're dismissing or overreacting. It's just how you felt, right? Like I mean, it wasn't really a feeling. It was pretty it was pretty widely known. <laughs> No, we need we need a, a web-based series, an HBO somebody series that is the life of an awkward black boy. We just I know we have some of that. Hey, but we just I'm down. I'm, I'm down. Serious. Sign me up. Sign me up. Okay, let, let me get up. to writing. We'll do some casting, find a director, and make it happen. <laughs> actually, my buddy my buddy Conroe is actually writing one on his experience, uh, oh, being right. biracial in general. Right, right, and moving right. to LA, being an actor. What to do, Conroe? Mm-hmm. Shout out to Conroe Brooks. If you don't follow him on Instagram or Twitter, follow him now. Um, oh my God, he has an amazing voice. Yes, I said it out loud. Conroy, hi. How are you? <laughs> he's actually he's in LA now too. Oh my God. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I love I love his voice. It's amazing. Um. So yeah, y'all need to listen to him. Okay. Well, you know, it's about that time to break forth the rhythm and the rhyme. I'm gonna get mine. So get yours. I want to see. Oh wait, wait. Oh no. The rapping career is officially over. And everyone can say amen. The church say amen. 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 We're going to miss you. Go with God. (laughs) But this is why the black community didn't accept Asara in high school, because that's what you think is rapping. Oh, God. Anyway. Anyways, Anyways, we out. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Um, Hold it down one time for the West Side. Don't forget to subscribe, listen, share it with your friends. All that us on Instagram. And when Chisara finally decides to make me actually make the Twitter account, um, hit me up on Twitter too. Because I'm actually going to do it. And I've been doing it every day. But that's how I do things on my, on my own speed. Because the black community doesn't accept me for who I am. Oh, my God. But for who you will be. <laughs> All right, y'all. Peace.